systems are the key to everything. The least sexy things in life are the most sexy things in life. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. This is Yona Weiss. I'm your host. I'm sitting here with the mad scientist himself, Neil Bawa, the mad scientist of multifamily, of course. You know who he is. And if you don't, you should. Besides for being, you know, he's an entertaining speaker. You know, he's someone who, when you think of multifamily and you think of someone in this industry that you definitely want to hear him speak and you want to pick his brain and you want to like just learn everything that he knows, like Neil is one of those guys because besides for investing in over $200 million, a multifamily portfolio, you know, thousands of, of units and dealing with investors and it started multifamily university. Okay. We're talking about an online university for free, right? That you can basically learn anything and everything that you want to know about investing in multifamily, teaching students and everything above. I mean, it just brings me great pleasure to have you, Neil. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show, Yona. I've been looking forward to this. <laughs> the pleasure is all mine. I mean, come on. You, you're like, you're a bigger celebrity than me, for, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I don't think anyone can be a bigger celebrity than Yona. I sometimes feel like, like a year ago, Yona, you know, a mad scientist himself, managed to clone himself, make like five copies. And then one of the Yonas, the, he lives on, this, on social media. He lives on the web. He's not real. He's just digital. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's part of the reason why I did this. So people actually, you know, make a podcast, they find out like I'm a real person, you know, I just. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually real. He's not AI. Well, I mean, how did you get the name, the mad scientist? You know, it happened on stage, right? So I it was one of these conferences where I'm a panelist and I'm, I'm sitting there. I think it was in Dallas. And so there's like six other guys sitting with me on stage and they were passing this mic around one of those soft, you know, black mics. And, right. and so everybody gets a chance to talk. And I think it was, I was just on that day. I was, you know, I was basically riffing on what they said and basically kind of taking it to the next level with technology and with experimentation. And so by the sixth or seventh time that the mic was passed to me, the people in front of me were like, this is not fair, you know, because he gets to follow up on everything that I said. And he's he basically he's piggybacking on it. And he's like, you know, it feels like there's a mad scientist sitting next to me. And so I come down from stage and people are actually calling me the mad scientist and it's sort of stuck. And one of them had a podcast the next day at the same conference that he mentioned it. And it's sort of, you know, it's sort of stuck. And I, I like it because at my core, all I am is a guy that's looking at the world and trying to experiment with new things. To me, Doing yeah. something new, doing something different, doing something unique is a real kick, right? That's what gives me a hard on. So that's what I'm after. And so in every aspect of multifamily, I try and basically apply ideas and they mostly fail and that's okay. For me, I have an extremely high tolerance for failure compared to most people. And so I think the moniker sticks because you've got to be nuts to fail so often and still be okay with it and not have it bother you. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I think the fact that you have kind of taken that on, which to some people might be like a weird thing, but you know, you come from a background of 
not science per se, but tech, right? And technology. And, and you've applied that in so many ways. And I think when you give across to your audiences, when you do these speaking events and these podcasts, so much about the data or data, however you want to pronounce it, right? Of mm-hmm. that I haven't, I've, I've rarely come across anyone who can explain things so simply, you know, like, like a real professor of sorts who, um, and I think that's really fitting that you have this multifamily university, right? Like you're like the professor of multifamily in a way. Yeah, I, I feel like the real skill is not in doing things. The real skill is taking something that's very complex or something that's never been done before. And, you know, I get to be Doc Brown with the flux capacitor and, and the, the, you know, the, the, the fancy car, and I get to play with it. And then I get to tell the story of how I played with it and failed or played with it and succeeded. And for me, I think that the story has always been the most fun part. So at my core, I think I'm both an experimenter and an educator, right? So as I go along and I invent these things, when they become part of the lexicon, it's nice to see. I I was teaching at a conference last week. It was a virtual conference, Dan Hanford, a couple of weeks ago. And the presenter after me was one of my students that's gone on and, you know, he's done two, three, four hundred units now. And what was interesting is that, you know, I stayed on for a while to watch his presentation because I'd like to see how my students are doing. And he was using the acronyms that I had produced, like I created an acronym called LASIL, and he was using it in his presentation. And it was so satisfying for me to see that an acronym that I've used, lots of people have mentioned that over time, but it was actually nice to see that it has made its way to other people's presentations. So that's something that in my mind is true value because it will help a bunch of people in the future because he's now actually taking it and propagating it. That really is something that I enjoy. So my goal always is to demystify technology. So I come up with interesting things that people get, right? For example, you know, here's an interesting thing that I like to talk about. I say the Bible, or if you prefer the Torah, the Bible got it wrong by one letter. It is not the meek that shall inherit the earth. It is the geek. The geek inherit the earth. Richest man on earth, geek. Second richest, geek. Third richest, geek. Are you seeing a pattern, Yona? Are you seeing a pattern here? Right? It's the geeks that are taking over the earth. You look at the top five companies in the world, all run by geeks. And everybody that works for those companies is a geek. It's the technologists that are taking over the world. And what I'm seeing is that the haves and the have-nots of this generation and the next generation are really the technologists. And what's sad is that the techs are getting too much of the haves and the rest of us are getting too much of the Mm have-nots. The fact that one of these technologists could divorce his wife, pay $37 billion and still have $115 billion left over and still be the richest man in the world is a little disgusting. But that's not my point. My point is that this is just beginning. All technology worldwide is only basically 40 years old, right? So mass technology is 40 years old. So in 40 years, we've gone to the point from having no real technology to having so much tech that all the richest people in the world are either tech or tech fueled, right? There's some Mm -hmm. of them that are not technologists, but their companies are technology companies. So that still counts. And so all of that has happened in 40 years, which is just a little over one generation. Now I invite you to look forward another 40 years. The changes in the next 40 are about 10x the changes in the last 40. And so if you're not constantly keeping up with technology and implying it, mm-hmm. you're a dinosaur, but the dinosaurs ruled the earth for a long time before they got killed. It's my premise 
that the people who are dinosaurs today are going to get killed in the next two decades, or in certain cases, over the next five years, because the rate of change is accelerating. It's an exponential curve. Mm -hmm. you've, you've now all learned about exponential curve due, due to COVID, right? So right. We, we now understand what happens with the hockey puck, right? 10 cases, 20 cases, 100, 1,000, 10,000, 100,000. So fast, so quick. Well, that acceleration, it defines technology. Right, it ten x two x's every few weeks, every few months, yeah. and most people don't understand how dangerous technology is. You know, it can completely wipe you out within a matter of years. Ask anybody who was a travel agent in 1999 who was laughing at technology. Ask them if they had a travel agent's job by 2002, three years later. Yeah, one person. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty scary when you when you think about it like that. I mean, what are you doing in, obviously, you, your main, I, I'd say, if correct me if I'm wrong, but now your main profession is really in the real estate uh, world, mm -hmm. right? So you're investing in multifamily properties. You're developing multifamily properties. I mean, what are some of the technologies that you're using or utilizing or developing, uh, if you will, that are, that are kind of fueling that? Lots of interesting things. So the first thing that I want to mention, which I have a webinar with a thousand people signed up tonight that are interested in watching this, is the first thing that I'd like to say is any company and all companies that are not using virtual assistants are dinosaurs. So in my mind, and this, by the way, has become much easier for people to understand in the last three months. When I would say this in January, people would be like, no, I don't think every company needs to have, you know, people working virtually. Right. Now there's this, you know, universal acceptance that things have changed. Yeah. So we use an army of virtual assistants. I have 18 full-time virtual assistants. They all work Pacific hours, you know, nine to five. They usually work 50 hour weeks. So it's more like eight to six. And these virtual assistants are embedded into every single part of my business. Investor relations, finding investors, marketing, social media, management, optimization of my properties, getting tenant leads in properties, making tenants happier. I could go on for the next 10 minutes and I would not run out of departments that these people are in. And there, I have simply found no other mechanism to even approach the level of sophistication that I can achieve with these people, the level of detail that I can achieve, the level of growth that I can achieve. You can really 10x your business. So that's the first piece. And that may sound like an easy piece, but mm -hmm. I've actually spent three years optimizing yeah. the use of virtual assistants in the business and every aspect of the business so that... I can work less. I mean, I am now finally, it's taken me a long time, Yona, but I'm now at the point where I work less and less every passing quarter. So I've gone from working 12 hours a day to 10 to eight to now more like five or six and I can cut it further. It's just that I feel like I'm too lazy. So I'm not cutting it further because I'm kind of in equilibrium. I'm in balance. But what it is allowing me to do is to continue on with my true mission, which is not real estate. I tell people, I happen to be accidentally a real estate developer and syndicator today. Yes, I have thousands of you know, existing apartments and I have thousands of new units that I'm building, but that's what I happen to be doing today. And the chances that in 10 years that I will be doing this, in my mind, are as close to zero as one can get, yeah. okay? Because at my core, I'm looking to experiment and I'm looking to lead technologically. 
And it just happened to be real estate or commercial real estate happened to be a place where this got applied. And people are like, so I shouldn't invest with you because you're not going to be in charge in 10 years. The answer is no, I am going to be in charge in a way that if you look at Tim Cook, he's in charge of Apple, but Apple has hundreds of thousands of employees. Do you really think that Tim Cook can oversee all of that? No, he's 10 or 15 levels removed from the people that are doing things. Right. Doesn't mean he's not in charge. Mm-hmm. So my job my goal with every single kind of business that I've started is to work myself out of the job of CEO and work myself into the job of chairman. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to commercial real estate, I've made significant progress towards that. Uh, that's, that's incredible. So that's, that's pretty insightful. And in the meantime, you're helping a tremendous amount of people along the way and continue to do so. And when I said before, and I mentioned that, you know, you're like, an expert when it comes to data and everything like that. I just want to do a quick plug right now because we're hosting and we've been hosting since the onset of COVID. We started a virtual real estate meetup. So a networking event, a meetup where we bring a speaker in once a week. So usually it's on Wednesdays, but we're doing one on Tuesday, July 28th. This episode is going to air before that. I'll make sure so, so that everyone listening to this can sign up for that. Neil's going to be presenting about location matters. So something like finding the perfect markets to invest in, how to do that, how to track that, and using data. And you can be showing a lot of sources to do that. So just quick plug like that, July 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Check it out. Back to you. Yeah, um, I, I have to tell you this, Yona. This concept of virtual meetups is not temporary. It's not right. like COVID will go away right. and we will all go back to physical meetups. The world was changed by COVID and it was changed in a good way. Yes, it's a tragedy. Yes, it killed. It's going to kill hundreds of thousands of people. It's unavoidable. But in many ways, 20 years from now, there will be people saying stuff that sounds like blasphemy today, which is COVID changed the world for the better in so many different ways Mm -hmm. because our world had become an extremely inefficient place and it had become inefficient because of real estate. Why is it? that it's San Francisco has real estate that on a per square foot basis is 10 times more expensive than beautiful, great weather places in the Southeast and Southwest of the US. I mean, you know, San Francisco, you're paying 10X for basically being in the middle of nowhere. You don't have a beach, you don't have a mountain, you don't have anything beautiful. You just have this cubby hole of a place mm-hmm. and you park on a road that's a 40 degree angle. So you're always terrified that your car is gonna go careening off and kill a bunch of people, right? <laughs> And that is 10x more than living in Charleston, South Carolina on the beach at one-tenth of the cost. Why is that right? It's never right. It's always wrong. We've just gotten used to it. What made it wrong was the vast majority of companies, their CEOs were not comfortable with teleworking. They didn't believe it was right. They didn't believe, they believe that teleworking is something you do when people have you know, parenting issues or they, they don't have a babysitter. They didn't see it as a way of work. COVID changed that once and for all because there's a generation of young people that are growing up in their 20s now that experienced this from the first time they did telework. When those people go on to become CEOs, they will never go back to the way things were. So basically the world was pre-2020 and Mm post-2020 and the post-2020 world is democratized. We truly get to live where we want and work where we want. That movement will accelerate as COVID dies down. It is not going to slow down. It is going to accelerate because all those CEOs for the first time in their life 
actually sat down, did the Zoom thing, did the background. This is a virtual background. They did all of those pieces. They bought the lights. We did all of that stuff. And 100 million people did that, right? That infrastructure, by building it once, we democratized where we live and where we work, not just for a year, but for an entire generation. And that, to me, is fantastically exciting because growth in the U.S., growth in our economy, was held back by the fact that there were this 1% of the United States in terms of land mass that we were using, and we kept saying we're running out of space. That's freaking bullshit. Drive from Los Angeles to San Francisco, and you're going for 300 miles through nothing. Mm -hmm. And that nothing is much better looking than where we live, right? So we're using 1% of the country and complaining about space. We're doing it because we didn't have this one catastrophic event that forced a billion people to do what we are doing today. That is very exciting to me, and I think it should be exciting to everyone that's watching. And it actually makes location magic, which I'm going to teach for you, 10 times more powerful than it was in February. Because every time I teach location magic, there's always this naysayer that says, no, but the jobs are not where you're looking, Neil. Yes, there's a path of progress and there's people going, but one out of 10 people will go. All of a sudden, one out of 10 has become eight out of 10, which means that all of these places that I am using mathematics and I'm using data to tell you the next 20 years are phenomenally better for this area compared to that area where they're phenomenally bad. All of that accelerates. The places that I've been warning people about, like Detroit, it accelerates in a bad way. And places that I've been telling people about, you know, telling them about this is accelerating in a good way, like Provo, Utah, with its beautiful ski slopes, its incredibly cheap, high-quality, world-class universities, all of that accelerates now because all of this dam has broken for 100 million people at the same point in time. And in the long run, history may even consider COVID to be an event that democratized the world, not just the U.S., yeah, and I think it is an exciting time. Obviously, it's a tragic time, but but all growth, you know, kind of comes out of the, the embers of a real tragedy. And Yeah, World War II brought about hundreds of thousands of innovations that we enjoy today. And I think that this is a war. It is a war against healthcare. It's going to accelerate a lot of healthcare initiatives that have slowed down in the last 10 years. We're going to see some dramatic, ridiculous, world-changing things happen. Real estate is going to be at the forefront of it because, as I said, real estate was the reason for the U.S. economy running at half speed. Mm -hmm. We were the reason. We were grouping the talent into super expensive areas instead of having worldwide access. Now we truly get companies that are going to hybridize and are going to have 10 people from Slovenia, two from Mexico, two from Brazil, four from the Philippines. That is now going to become common. That is going to become the norm. And it, it should have always been this way. Why shouldn't I get talent from everywhere? Yeah, obviously it's going to take time, but this I, I definitely see things moving in that direction. And as technology develops, amazing things are going to happen for real estate and markets. I'm really excited to, you know, to your presentation next week. I've heard it before, but obviously in different contexts. And so I love the fact that you bring new, you know, innovations and, and news, basically current events into it that, that really change presentation to make it, uh, applicable and more relevant for the actual, you know, real time that we're doing it. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, so yeah, I want to add one more word to applicable and relevant. The word that is so important to me in my life, Yona, is actionable. Mm-hmm. I've heard some great presentations, 
And I go through these presentations and I'm like, wow, it's a great speaker. And wow, they've got great content. Wow, everything that they say makes sense. But then I'm left high and dry at the end. So location magic and every other presentation that I've ever created ends with, here's the specific steps. Here's an Excel spreadsheet, a toolkit, a form, a file, here's steps, here's exactly what you have to do. And I follow the 10 minute rule, which is no matter how world changing my idea is, if someone cannot do it in 10 minutes, I'm not going to get the level of disbursement that I need. If I want 100,000 people to do it, it has to follow the 10 minute rule. Sometimes I've spent a thousand hours on my side to get a a process from an hour long to 10 minutes long, kind of distill it down. And sometimes I've even hurt the quality of the process. I've said, you know what? 90% quality at 10 minutes is much better than, than 99% quality at 10 hours because nobody's going to do the 10 hour thing. So it's worthless, right? So I actually watered it down sometimes because I, I feel like, you know, democratizing information is key. I, I feel very much like Google, which gave away Android, right? So you look at iOS, Apple basically just hugs everything and says, no, this is all controlled and you have to be in our ecosystem and you have to pay 10X for it. And Google says, we're going to release this product Android every single year. We're going to upgrade it every single year. And by the way, it's free. You never need to come to us and, and do anything with it. We'll have other products that improve it. But the base product, all of Android, every single one of those millions of lines of code is completely freaking free. And by the way, you can take it and improve on it if you like. So people like OnePlus are you know, taking it and improving it and changing it. That's what location magic is. It is a set of systems and processes and steps. And I tell people, you never have to use my name if you feel embarrassed that somebody else discovered it. You can call it Yona Vice's location magic. <laughs> and I'm perfectly freaking fine with that. As long as you do one thing, if you improve it, bring it back to me. Because I want the benefit of the improvement that you made, just right. like you got the benefit of the improvement that I made. That's how open source works. Hey, before we get to the final four, I just want to tell you about streamlined podcasts. Okay. I could not have a podcast if I didn't work with streamlined podcasts. As simple as that. These guys are my go-to. They do all the editing of these audio pieces that you guys are hearing. And I really couldn't do anything without it. I literally tried to start a podcast for about a year and it was just daunting to me to spend time writing show notes, to do the audio recording, editing, taking out the ums, the ahs, the spaces, everything. These guys make it sound so crisp, so clear at such an affordable rate. And for my listeners and my listeners only, you're gonna be thrilled. If you're ever thinking of starting a podcast or you have a podcast, check them out at streamlinepodcasts.com. Set up a time to speak with them and use promo code WEISS, W-E-I-S-S, and you can get 20% off your first month if you do end up signing up with them. I guarantee you it's gonna be worth your while. I wanna jump right into the final four over here, Neil. It's been awesome, but we'll definitely continue this another time. And things will change. So we're definitely gonna to have to circle back and do another one of these at a certain point. But question number one for you is, what's the worst job you ever had? My first job actually was at a canteen in India, and I was basically repeating the same stuff over and over again. It was a good job, it paid well. There were lots of people I was supervising. There were skills that I learned. But what I found is that for a person like me, repetition is the worst thing. I could feel my brain oozing out of my ears every single day. And I think for me, the variety that I experience in my life today is what makes it rich. 
Yeah. And, and by the way, it's scary to have a life of variety because a life of variety means a life of new decisions every day. And we're so terrified of decisions that we actually live a very poor life. Most people in my mind live a life that's a one or a two or a three out of 10 because they're afraid of a life where they're making new decisions every day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, new decisions scare, scare people. And if you don't have that kind of safety net, which a lot of people are uh, kind of used to, you know, living that life, then yeah, absolutely. New decisions like that can scare everyone. What's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Well, I think that one's really easy and it's always the same book. I get this question a lot. It's The Miracle Morning. And it's not because it's the best book in the world. Actually, I've read books that are significantly better than The Miracle Morning. But it gives you a system that allows you to read lots of better books. So it's not a book. It's a system. It's a revolution. It is a set of habits. Yeah that then make you a much better person. So to me, it is 100 times more important than every other book in the world, simply because it allows you to read those books that we've all been stacking in our shelves or in our Kindle and never actually reading. Yeah, so creating those habits to, to create the space and the time to do that miracle morning is definitely a good one. We're gonna put that down now for everyone to look in the show notes there. Question number three, what is a skiller habit that, or not skiller habit, I should say skiller talent that you would like to learn? I'd like to become better at one-on-one conversation. You know, I, I enjoy being up on stage and, and talking to people, but one-on-one conversation skills where I'm not talking about business mm-hmm. is something that I feel like I'm weak in, right? I'm the mad scientist and people are like, this guy is dry when he's not talking about things that are he's not passionate about, right? So that's something that I want to do. I might at some point just go hire a great conversationalist and say, I want to talk with you over Zoom for half an hour every day, bullshit with you until I get better. And I think that's going to be the way to fix it. What are, what are some things besides real estate and data and science that you are passionate about? Oh, um, growing tomatoes. So my most popular videos are about my life hacks on how to grow more and more tomatoes from the same amount of space, what kind of soil, what kind of LEDs to use, what kind of heights and those sorts of things. So if you watch some of those videos, those are good, especially for those of you that are looking to raise money at the end. I show you how I use a small tomato planter to raise a million dollars of new equity every single year. So that comes at the end of the video. But the the video is really all about, you know, hacking tomatoes. And I think that the thing that gets me is life hacking, how to get that 10x, 100x, 1000x more efficiency out of everything is is what gets me. So, you know, maybe that's the answer to your question, really. I don't know, but I think you just, you did it again, though. (laughs) 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 But what, um, what what does success mean to you, Neil? Success means freedom inside of your mind. Success means being able to say, you know, I have this great business. I'm just not going to show up for work for a month or a week or a day or any amount of time or a year. You have to have freedom in your mind. And and most people are like, you know, if I tell you this, Jonah, you know, don't show up for work for a year. The first reaction that most people have is this horror, this disbelief that someone could even think like that. Mm-hmm. But isn't the whole point of success is to give you the gift 
of being able to think like that. Yeah. And if you don't think like that, aren't you missing something? Aren't you still bound? Aren't you still bound to a chair, a camera, a keyboard? Right? So to me, I think success is about being able to truly be free. And freedom means having ridiculous, crazy, insane concepts. Success means just say, I want to go to the Antarctica tomorrow. And I want to get on the first, you know, plane there. And you might not do it, but can you think it without cringing? That's success. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, you know, you have to create, you know, for a lot of people, we have to create the systems, you know, in order to free yourself from that. And I think that's, you know, a lot of things that you, you've spoken about, how, how we can do that. So systems are the key to everything. The least sexy things in life are the most sexy things in life. We're going to tweet that, even though I don't have Twitter. But if we did, we'd tweet that. <laughs> Neil, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I always enjoy our time together. And thank you again for your time and, and spending it with us. I look forward to seeing you again in a short time on July 28th. Awesome. We'll see you then. Thank you. Awesome. And to our listeners, yeah, I hope you got a lot of benefit out of this, a lot of value. This is an awesome conversation. I certainly did. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review, I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.